Section thirty eight of Monday Tales. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Monday Tales by Alphonse Daudet, translated by Marion McIntyre. Section thirty eight Gastronomic Scenes Bouillabaisse. We were sailing along the Sardinian coast towards La Madeleine Island. It was an early morning excursion. Our oarsmen pulled slowly, leaning over the side of our boat. I looked at the sea, transparent as some spring, the sunlight diving to the very bottom. Medusae and starfish sprawled among the seaweed. Big lobsters lay motionless, their long claws buried in the fine sand. All these might be seen at a depth of from eighteen to twenty feet, in a sort of aquarium, clear as crystal. At the bow of the boat, a fisherman, standing with a long cleft reed in his hand, made a sign to the oarsmen, softly, softly and suddenly between the points of his fork he held a beautiful lobster suspended, spreading out its claws with a terrified movement, though still asleep. At my side another sailor let his line drop upon the water's surface in the wake of the boat, and brought in a haul of marvellous little fishes, which, as they died, were coloured with a thousand bright and changing tints, a death agony beheld through a prism. The fishing ended, we landed among the high grey rocks. A fire was quickly kindled, which burned with a pale light in the bright sunshine. Bread cut in big slices was placed upon small plates of red earthenware, and we sat about the soup kettle, plates held out and nostrils distended. Was it because of the landscape, the sunshine, or that horizon of sea and sky i have never eaten anything that tasted better than that lobster bouillabaisse and afterwards that delightful siesta upon the sand a slumber filled with the lulling murmurs of the sea while the wavelets as if covered with innumerable shining scales flash and glitter even although the eyes are closed Ioli. One might have almost believed it to be the hut of some fisherman of Theocritus on the Sicilian coast, but the scene was merely in Provence, on the island of Camargue, the home of a river-keeper. A reed cabin, nets hanging upon the walls, guns, oars, apparently the tackle of a trapper of one who hunts both on land and sea before the open door against which appeared a level landscape that seemed even vaster when the gale swept across it the wife of the river-keeper was skinning some fine eels which were still alive the fish wriggled in the sunlight and yonder in the wan light of the squall slender trees were bending like fugitives before the storm the white surfaces of their leaves exposed bits of marsh gleaming here and there among the reeds looked like fragments of a broken mirror farther away a long and shining line bounded the horizon it was the lake of Acare. 
within the hut a fire of twigs was burning brightly and crackling loudly the keeper was religiously pounding cloves of garlic in a mortar and adding olive oil drop by drop later we ate aioli upon our eels seated on high stools before a small wooden table in that snug little cabin where the largest space of all was reserved for the ladder which climbed to the loft and one felt that beyond and about that tiny room lay the horizon swept by the gale and hurrying flocks of wandering birds that all the encircling space might be measured by the bells of herds of horses and cattle their ringing at first loud and sonorous and then sounding more faintly in the distance till the last notes were lost borne away in a gust of the mistral couscous it was in algeria we were visiting an aga of the plain of chalif in the great magnificent tent pitched for us before the aga's house we watched the night descend clad in hues of half-mourning dark violet at first which deepened into the purple of a magnificent sunset through the freshness of the evening a kebile candlestick of palm-wood was lighted in the centre of the half-open tent and the motionless flame from its branches attracted night insects who hovered about it with a rustling of timid wings squatted upon mats we ate in silence whole sheep all dripping in butter were brought in at the end of poles honeyed pastry and perfumed confections followed and last of all a great wooden platter upon which were chickens in the golden semolina of couscous meanwhile night had fallen over the neighboring hills the moon was rising a tiny oriental crescent near which a solitary star nestled out of doors a big bonfire was flaming in front of the tent surrounded by dancers and musicians i recall a gigantic negro quite naked but for the ancient tunic of the light regiment he jumped about causing long shadows to dart all over the tent this cannibal dance those small arabian drums rattling breathlessly when the beat was hastened the sharp barking of jackals responding from every side of the plain all these things made the observer feel that he was in a savage country however in the interior of the tent that refuge of these nomadic tribes which resembles a motionless sail upon a waveless sea the aga in his white woolen bernouses seemed to me an apparition of primitive times and as he gravely swallowed his couscous i was wondering whether this national arabian dish were not indeed that miraculous manna of the hebrews of which so much is written in the bible polenta the corsican coast an evening in november we landed beneath torrents of rain in a part of the country which was completely deserted some charcoal burners of lucca made room for us at their fire then a native shepherd a species of savage clad entirely in goatskins invited us to eat polenta in his hut 
we entered stooping and making ourselves as small as possible a hovel where it was impossible to stand upright in the centre some bits of green wood are kindling between four blackened stones the smoke which escapes from this fire mounts towards a hole cut in the top of the hut then it spreads everywhere driven about by the wind and rain a tiny lamp the calaya of provence blinks timidly in this stifling atmosphere a woman and children appear from time to time when the smoke clears a little and hidden away somewhere a pig is heard grunting some rubbish left from a shipwreck is seen a bench made of bits of vessels a wooden packing case with lettering upon it the painted wooden head of a mermaid torn from some prow the paint washed away by the sea-water polenta is frightful stuff the badly crushed chestnuts have a mouldy taste it would seem that they had remained too long under the trees during heavy rains the national bruccio followed the polenta with a wild taste reminding one of vagrant goats in this spot the very climax of italian poverty is seen neither house nor home the climate is so favourable a livelihood so easily gained nothing more is needed than a retreat for rainy weather days and what does it matter that the place is smoky that the lamp burns dimly when a house is regarded merely as a prison and the only life that seems life at all is lived in the open sunshine end of section thirty eight